0: Hello everybody out there and welcome to the Culture A. Gibson show. This is Culture A, the man, the myth, the legend, coming at you for the first time ever. I'd like to welcome you in and thank you for listening to the show. i going to give you a little bit of a background on myself. I'm an esports commentator, personality host, whatever you like to call it, an entertainer if you will. I love giving opinions about esports. I love commenting over esports. I come from a League of Legends background, but I'm also a huge Call of Duty fan. Been following since 2012. I'm getting into Smite as of this year, and I also just follow the esports ecosystem wherever that news may take me. I love giving analysis. I've been on podcasts before, this is my first one solo, but I'm hoping that that won't matter I'll still be able to bring you guys great content, a little bit more about me outside of esports, I'm a student. Senior at Georgia State University, been very heavily involved in their esports program. I owe a lot to Georgia State University. I owe a lot to them for my development as a journalist and a broadcaster. I also work at Axis Replay's Atlanta Gaming Event Center in Atlanta off Crawtree Market over near Cabbage Town, where the hipsters live. You might know Stranger Things, uh the Stranger Things crew is over there as well, well without further ado we're going to get into one of the first topics of this first hour hour one of the show for those who don't know i'm going to be splitting this show up in a couple of hours each one having its own segmented time basically its own recording so i'll have an hour one and hour two so if you want to come and listen to me talk, then you can come listen to hour one and listen to me talk. If not, hour two, I'll always have a guest for hour two that will join me on the show. We'll talk shop about some things around sports and we will try and you know entertain you as best we can and keep you updated. I want to have a local focus but as well as a global focus and not try and sit under a rock and not pay homage, pay attention to those things going on around us in the world. We might also talk a little bit of politics too, who knows, you know, I'm a I'm a big guy that like talks about, you know, the big world outside of the podcast, but first of all, I want to talk about why this show, why, why the Culture A Gibson show, why now, why here, through this format, through podcasts, why not through a stream, why not through something else, and we will eventually get to live video broadcast I want to try and get to doing that and so people can see my face it helps me to get more in dear with my audience so they can see who I am see my face see my animations when I'm doing some of the crazy stuff I do but to the more important facts about why this shows is first I felt compelled that we needed more African Americans that could lead talk shows in eSports whether it's podcast or TV shows of that nature. When you count on your fingers and you look at the entertainment side of esports, there's only about a handful, I think I can count them all on my hand, of people in esports that are involved that are African Americans. You know, there's James Bardolph in the CSGO scene, there's also Nelly Nell that's been doing some good things out there on the host and broadcaster side, there's Finch in Smite, there is... Uh, you got uh god i can see his face you got um black enola as well you got malik over in the overwatch league malik doing it big brother in the overwatch overwatch league you know and besides that as far as at a major level semi-pro level even there's not too many faces out there to point to there's a few more out there there's ethan for paladins too that works also in high res with finch but besides that there's not enough brothers out here so i felt i need to Do my best to try and get on that level. I know I can't sit here and say I'm on that level right now. Just started the podcast, first recording, but I want to get there because I want to make sure that there is some sort of voice out there where there aren't too many African American voices. Another thing is I wanted a show that didn't portray the stereotypical blackness that you hear on radio podcast media. I'm going to be up front on this show. I'm going to say everything how I feel and... Yes, obviously, I'm gonna talk the way I talk. Sometimes I live in Atlanta. I've been living out here basically my entire life, so I'm not gonna go super formal on you guys. But I'm not gonna try and start the shows with any yo yo yos. No, it's your boys. No, what's up, guys? N- none of the that stuff that is stereotypical of you know podcasts run by African Americans that try and almost portray that stereotype to get eyes, in my opinion, because that's who we are perceived to be when we get on the radio, when we get on the airwaves, people hear our voices, we try to sound like MCs, like disc jockeys at a club, it's like, yo, 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 it's your boy, it's that man, Coley D, culture, you know, no, none of that, you know, we're serious, we're we're gonna be straightforward, and I'm not gonna have any of that on the podcast as far as intentional, you know, some things might slip from me, As I said, I've been living in Atlanta for the last 12 to 15 years or so, give or take. So, some things might slip living here in the A. But, for the most part, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to purposefully try and insert that. I'm going to be me. I'm going to be me the best I can be. And, hopefully, it doesn't sound like a gimmick to y'all. Like, I'm just trying to sit up here and sound like the next uh, insert MC here, the guy that runs the Breakfast Club, something like that, so that's, that's how I'm going to bring it to y'all, and then finally, another thing I want to do, not finally, I got a couple more here that I want to talk to you guys about, but I wanted a show that focused more on the local Atlanta scene, and right now, it might not sound like it, you know. but I'm going to try and make sure that at some point in the show... And many of my guests will reflect this at some point in the show. We talk about something going on in a local Atlanta area because we're the intercap, inter, we're the international capital of the world, you know. We're the international capital of the world, man. You know, we need we need some representation. I feel like Atlanta is a little bit underrepresented. We have the E League at Turner; they're doing great things. I love it. Access Replay, where I work, we're doing great things, trying to get great things done, and that's pretty much it, we got the Atlanta Reign coming, we have the Hawks starting their own 2K league team, we got the Atlanta United starting their own EMLS team, so it's growing and building, but it needs more eyes, needs more visibility, we got Smite, we got Smite here in Atlanta, in Alpharetta, Georgia, you know, we got Paladins and Smite here. The team's coming in for the SPL and for the SML. We're going to actually be talking about that a little bit later. But, you know, we got, we got stuff going on, and I feel like Atlanta doesn't get enough recognition, baby. They don't, we don't get enough of the limelight. It's everything's out in L.A., out in the California, out in the sun, shine, beach, ladies. Atlanta ain't got no beaches, but, you know, we got some of that too. We got some of that, we're bringing esports in, people are seeing the worth, and I want to highlight that, you know, I want to highlight that, also as well, I've just been wanting to do something like this for a long time, I'm talking a long time, you know, a long time, just never had the time, first of all, this is my first year of college where I don't have as many hours, and therefore, I have more time to do stuff more personal like this, and I'll be making other content for y'all too. I'll be making other content, I got other things down the line ready, so be looking out for that, and also it was a little bit of a confidence thing, you know, I, I didn't know, even though I'm an esports commentator, I've had plenty of people tell me I have a nice voice, my family calls me the voice, but, you know, it's you listen to yourself sometimes, you feel, I don't think that that's necessarily true, and I definitely never had the confidence, as until today, To appear on a podcast solo and do my thing. But I was like, you know what? I see other people doing their thing all the time. So why not try it? You know, why not try it? As long as the content's good, who cares about my voice? Who cares? You know, it ain't that bad. I could be worse. You know, it could be worse. And then last thing, and this is more of a disclaimer before we get into some of the more meat potatoes of the show, is that I'm going to be opinionated. That's my thing. I don't think that many people do a podcast unless it's opinionated, especially solo. There are news podcasts, and if you want those, you can go somewhere else for them. This is not that. I will be talking about news, but I will not be just doing the straight-up flat. And in today's eSports media, we have Farming Simulator becoming an eSports league, and we'll be talking about that later with Joel from Iowa, who is an eSports Farm Simulator league professional that will be flying out to the uk none of that no uh-uh no opinionated but i will make sure that for the most part is backed up by some compelling facts usually in the form of statistics i am a stats guy that's what i love to do and when i played baseball i was to do that loved handling the book that's all i not all i did i wasn't that bad but that's what i did when i wasn't out there balling on the field was i handled the stats book so i'm a, I'm a stats guy i love looking at those and I love making sure they're a part of my broadcast as much as possible. But without further ado, we're going to get into our first topic of the hour. Going to be talking LEC, ladies and gentlemen, the League of Legends European Championship versus the LCS. And by versus, I ain't talking about, you know, oh, LEC, top, top two world's finalists. Oh, they're so much better skill-wise. No, I'm talking about the nitty-gritty, I'm talking about the rebranding, the refranchising, how they went about it, what they did right, what LCS has done wrong so far regarding their media representation and how they've been branding their league, how they've been advertising their league to people, and how LEC is on the money. Now, I want to clarify that when I first heard that they were rebranding the EU LCS I was skeptical, and so were many other people, I was heavily skeptical, alright, but, and and let me show you some of the, let me tell you some of these numbers, of why, you know, looking at these numbers, I said I'm going to bring up numbers, I got you some numbers, looking at the viewership, total hours watched, this was in spring 2018, the EU LCS was 7.3 million viewers hours wise behind the North American LCS. This better competition, y'all. Better competition. Still seven point five million hours behind on viewership. Looking at the percentage of total viewers watch. 63.8 for the lcs 63.8 50.1% for the EU LCS. Gonna keep going. Got some charts here. This not looking good. And on top of that all the prognosticators were talking about things even beyond those numbers. Talking about the entry fee. It didn't charge enough for people to get into the league. Whereas NALCS was charging $10 million for old teams, $13 million for new teams. EU LCS was charging 8 million euros for teams. I believe there's a lower number for older teams, but still, 8 million euros was your cap. For new teams, that's cheap, y'all. They ain't they ain't as much as they in. the NALCS. I mean, it ain't cheap to us, cause we're simple, we're simple folks. We farm our memes. These guys got big money, in big money terms, that's cheap. Another concern, another valid concern was sponsorships, branding. Who was the EULCS gonna get, y'all? Who are they gonna get? You think Mercedes Benz? You know, maybe BMW. The issue was, the issue was, and I'm quoting this from an article. Esportsobserver.com. Back in 2018, when people were still talking about it, you know, talking about the logistics, was that because EU LCS was the English broadcast, and they allowed you to have several other broadcasts for other languages? How is how is who who's going to how are you going to market to everybody else? You the, EU, the European Union's big, y'all. It's big. I don't know if you knew, but it's big several countries, all di- speaking different languages, how is anyone going to want to invest into that when they know they're only paying for a small percentage of the population that watch EU LCS, and very small at that, I'm talking EU low memes, small, 60,000 viewers, small compared to NA LCS, that was getting close to six figure viewers almost every single week, how are they going to do that, but, but, they pulled it off, Ladies and gentlemen, that first week of LEC, they pulled it off. I watched it. I was astounded. Not even that first week. And I was astounded overall, in general, at the, the marketing power that they put out from the four promos that they released, the interstitials with the casters, the hype videos, all of it, everything. I was happy. I was ecstatic that they made this thing work. And guess who was one of their first sponsors that they signed? Guess who? Kia Motors. NALCS all they got is State Farm. Yeah, they got the other old you know, you know, the old uh the, the brands that are not new to the space. Can't think of the word on top of my head right now. The brands that have been here all the time, the DX Racers, the Aces Rogs, all those guys, the HyperX. Yeah, they got that. Everybody's got that though. Everybody has it. Everyone. Can't think of a league that doesn't have those. That's a major league. But they got State Farm, and that was their big calling card. State Farm on the analyst desk. State Farm analyst desk. EULCS. Oh, I'm sorry. LEC. They got Kia Motors, baby. Kia Motors. And Kia Motors packing a lot of cash, y'all. Packing a lot of cash. State Farm, I know they're big, but, I mean, having that car money behind you, car money's big. Car money's big. And on top of that, they did a great job of promoting their lineup their talent lineup which created brand recognition because they have memorable names on that lineup y'all they have shocks they have quick shot they added frost scurrying and medius they've created their own little niche with the fan with the fans you know they got laura Overly, or not over that's Overly. laura i can't say her name but the interviewer she's created her own niche almost won the award this year she might have won an award their talent has Name and face recognition throughout. Throughout. And they exploited that perfectly in the way they had the commercials from the Kia Motors commercial at the start of the season to those four videos that they made with the talent that were entertaining, fun, lighthearted, high eyed the players as well, got everybody involved and engaged. And you can't ask for more than that. You can't ask for more than that. And we can compare that to the LCS. Compared to the LCS right now, this is the versus part. What did they do before the season started? What did they do? Absolutely nothing. Zilch and nada. Barely any, barely if any, if, if any, marketing dollars spent on that crappy hype video they made about this is tradition. This is passion. This is the LCS. Oh my God. What are me? What are we? In a 1980s Olympics commercial? We Team USA, baby? The region that couldn't even make it deep if it wasn't for Cloud9, God bless them, couldn't make it deep, a deep run of worlds or internationally. Nothing. Not a word. They were ghosts. And you know why? This was their marketing strategy ladies And this is the marketing strategy that I perceived as a viewer and a spectator and an analyst. They were hoping that the teams would hype up the league for them and do all the work, all the work, and they could just sit back and not do anything, sit back and tote this new riot.com LCS website that they have, sit back and let the teams carry the dead carcass that is in LCS, and say, hey, you guys do all the brand promotion, but guess what, all these teams don't have time for that, because they're all trying to win. They're all trying to make sure they win. They have their teams in training camps, boot camps, facilities. Making sure they're playing and streaming almost 24-7. Making sure they are ready to win the NALCS. And they cannot spend any more dollars trying to market your bum league for you. They can't afford to do it. I don't even know about can't afford. More like do not want to do it for you. And yes, some of them did release hype videos before the season started. But that was literally as of this week eu lcs releasing a hype video almost every week the four weeks prior to their games releasing a video every week and you're gonna depend on teams to release videos the week of to do so to hype up your league to do your job do your job lcs carry your own weight you have no brand recognition no promotions or growth of your talent besides the state farm analyst desk alright your only recognition is the dive and the fact that these guys have been in before that Azale's been here before that Jat's been here before that Mark Z's been here before that Dash is here as well we have Overly May. she's been here before Captain Flowers up and coming star alright oh and don't forget Zyrene too he's here too he does a great job as well that's all you got name recognition but it's not name promotion like lec it's a different type of name recognition lec is making sure these names are recognized putting them out there in commercials they're the face of their organization and alcs just sitting back and hoping that people tune in because of the name recognition that people nope no branding no hype no promotion just you know what people are gonna show up when it comes to game day because you know what we got the same crew and they've been here forever and they're great you know they're good but your region is a meme because of this it's a meme because of this you're exacerbating that stereotype that the lcs is only about memes and stuff like twitch rivals it's not about the serious competition we're all entertainment out here you know we're all in california all making a living making goose doing the dive and this and that this or that whatever it's called you know showing that you don't care about your own league and you know what? You have a high build of fit because I ain't even counting the, the TSM C9 match or any match that TSM might have against a rival. That's all. Super hype. LEC didn't have much hype to go off of besides what they did in the videos and the fact that they had Origin back and no one knew. It's not like Origin had the best lineup out there. They weren't contenders. SK was a surprise, but it's not like SK came out was making the hype. No one was coming out for SK. They're coming out for Fnatic, sure. G2, of course. Super Team. Misfits got Gorilla, but otherwise, big question mark. Ladies and gentlemen, Ed, 240,000 viewers at their peak. That's about the same as some matches at MSI and at Worlds. 240,000 viewers for the first week of LEC. Concurrently, not one day, the entire weekend. Almost every day, they average 240,000 viewers. But NA wants to rely on the dive to carry them when the dive couldn't even beat beyond the rift. Rest in peace before they decide to end that because Scara decided he didn't want to do it anymore and keep already has enough money, so it was more of a hobby to him than a job, anyways. Not trying to hate on anybody, not hating at all. Them brothers got money; they can do what they want. And Hotline League can't even compete with Hotline League. All right. So all I'm saying, all I'm saying it's carry the weight of your own league and don't be surprised if yes lcs will have six figure views because it's a new season and everyone's hype and we got tsm versus and let me let me let me let me me try and find find out real quick the the schedule and who we got going up first for this week let me figure out what we got going on first we got liquid versus cloud nine 100 thieves tsm and those are the only marquee matchups that you got on Saturday. Sunday, Sunday, you got Cloud 900 Thieves. And that's it. So you got five matches, four matches to make your bread. Really, three. Three matches to make your bread and get those viewers. One of them might not even be close. Because I personally don't believe in the new TSM. Not yet. They need to have synergy. They got to get get through. And bang an Afromu. Man, that's going to be a terrible. That's going to be the terrible twosome. It's gonna be a duel to end all duels in the ALCS. So yes, only be challenged by CoreJJ and Doublelift, in my opinion. But you have three games. Three to make your bread. That's all people are showing up for. They're not showing up for CLG Optic, they're not showing up for FlyQuest Golden Guardians, they're not showing up for Clutch Echo Fox. But LEC, they showed up for every match. They were there for every game. So yeah, you might get over a hundred thousand views. But I don't think you're going to get 240000 and I think the numbers are going to completely flip. Because not only does LEC have the competitive background from their previous international performances, Fnatic at Worlds, but they also now have the marketing and the broadcast to match it. And so it's going to now be an ALCS with the 60, 70,000 views a week. And it will be LEC that has 100,000 viewers. And they're going to be the ones that are growing. And ALCS will have to catch up because there will be a sharp decline in interest and therefore money. Ladies and gentlemen, because that's what happens at the end of the day. That's what get these riot executives up out of their seats and attentive to what's going on in their leagues. Is gonna lose attention and therefore money. But we're gonna go ahead and move on. We're Gonna move on to another mobile. We're gonna move on to Smite. Smite had a lot of changes come through. A lot of changes to the way their league worked, a lot of changes to the way the 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 meta was, you know, and this is coming off one of their most successful seasons in Smite history so far a short history only 6 years but one of the most successful they've had so far looking at the season 6 formatting and let's just cut it cut straight to the bone ladies and gentlemen this is basically basically franchising without calling it franchising they're going to have 10 teams I believe it's 10 teams competing through different phases throughout the season copying some models from other esports and those 10 will be the 10 they have from now until the future, they do have ways of kicking out other teams, but it's basically franchising without franchising at all levels, at all levels. SML, the same way, the minor league, they're going to have eight teams, I believe, instead of the 10, all in SML for the foreseeable future. However, I'm not even saying that I don't like the moves. I like the region restriction removal. I like that. I like it. Involving other players, that now that you're going to basically kind of cut them off by consolidating the league to Atlanta, that you're allowing them to pick up anyone they need to, so that way there are players that aren't left out. I like the removal of splits. As a fan, as a player, not so much as a fan, I love it. I never really like splits. I don't like splits with the LCS, with LEC. You know, as a fan, because I like constant action. I don't like waiting that month until the next season, till next split. But as a player, that's going to be taxing. That's going to be hard. That's going to be really, really hard. Because if you look at the format, you have Phase 1, 13 weeks of play. And then you got All-Stars. Then the Mid-Season Invitational. Then another 13 weeks. Then the SWC, the Smite World Championship. And we don't know how many weeks they're going to have in between each break. But suffice to say, it's probably not going to be as long as they used to take. Because they're trying to speed things up. Everything's about speeding it up. Making sure it gets gets to the the viewer and the consumer in a faster manner and as a consumer myself i have no problem with that but for the teams i i shudder to wonder how they have to deal with that i shudder to wonder how they will deal with that and i also i like the implementation of a schedule that copies the esports leagues like the lcs i like the sml and i like the scouting combine i like it me likey scouting combine giving these kids a chance to play in a year-long 5v5 competitive format with some tutelage possibly hopefully that'll get them ready for prime time get them ready for the real deal it also provides more broadcast time more eyes more viewership which again means more money but but the timing the timing It's a little bit off for me. I won't lie. It's a little bit off because you just had your most successful season, your best SWC. And I was there. I was at the world championship. I was sitting front row seats to splice versus rival front row seats. Amazing game. Great crowd. Electric. 4,000 people in the building. Casters were amazing. Set was great. Environment was electric. And then you blow up the entire league. You blow it all up at the same time. That's my issue. Not that you made the changes. But the, the fact that you didn't make the changes in a manner that allowed everyone to adjust to them. And obviously, it's growing pains. No one likes change. People are made for change. But I think there's a way to grandfather and baby this thing in so that some of your more recognizable names don't, you know, lose jobs, although in wolfie's case i heard that it was more because he was making specific demands that the team that he was working with could not accommodate but some other names from europe that couldn't make it through because the move was just too big for them weren't getting paid enough from this game yet this game's still small doesn't have the big enough pay a big payout like you would want to you know you're not making six figures like the guys in california so they couldn't make the trip And I feel for them, I'm sorry. Change is hard, it hurts. But public perception will be that you forced them out because you went to an all-land environment. And that's going to be the public perception for right now. And it just leads me to wonder how this will affect the league going in. The complaints that will come up from the fans, I don't think it will sink Smite. What I'm saying is, it's not going to sink Smite but it's going to hinder their growth that they could have seen in this season because of this angst that people might have. That's all I'm saying. Because of the angst. Yes, like teenage angst. Because most of these kids are about that age anyway, so it might transfer over. That's what's going what's gonna to hinder your season from being the best smite season it could possibly be. But again, that's speculation. It could turn out fine. I could be wrong. But I'm usually not wrong, so you know. That's how it goes. Another change that I think might affect it is the meta change. Ladies and gentlemen, the meta change. They've invoked, they've invoked Tank Meta. Now, if you're a League of Legends fan and you're listening in, you know exactly what Tank Meta can do to a mobile game. Tank meta has never, ever, ever been good for a competitive meta or a season. Having a tank favored meta. Not because it's broken. Not because it, it hurts the competitors. Not because it now lets Deathwalker wreak havoc in a solo lane. And tank jungles come back. But because it's boring. It's boring. I want to fall asleep. That's what it is. It doesn't allow you to highlight your biggest stars. All your mid laners coming in. All those big names. Down in the duo lane. I say down, but it's, it's to the left. In the duo lane. All your junglers that like playing carry junglers, it doesn't highlight them. Some of your biggest names are in these carry positions. And now with a tank meta, they're going to have to work a lot harder to be recognized, if they get recognized at all. We saw this with League in Season 6. It was the year of the top lane, the year of the tank jungler. Double lift. Barely a name. Stats weren't too good. All Everybody that was in a carry position, carry role, unless you were faker faker or if you were rookie some of these other god tier mid laners just didn't have an impact or they were forced on the support of picks like lulu things in the mid lane that could support the tanks and support your ad carry if you could keep them alive enough and if you look at the changes they made some of them they they point toward it although during the the smite update show they were saying that they weren't trying to for example, the nerfing of the multiple mage items like the book trees and the magic pin items that encouraged power builds will now be transferred to HP and lifesteal builds because you can't cut through the tanks with the pin builds anymore. So you gotta go for I need to outlast and be able to still put out damage and live in fights. Nerfing Poison Star upping the cost and the crit chance or er, and lowering the crit chance from 20% to 15%. A major crit item on most crit builds. A major Crit out, i almost crit builds. And then, inadvertently making Malice useless. That one hurts too. All my, all my Bakasura players, all my, you know, other jungler players that played Assassin Jungler use this item. Changing it to cooldown reduction and changing the passive. But now it only procs every five seconds. So, if an Assassin wanted to use it, then they're out of an item for five seconds. Which in a fight is a big deal to an Assassin because they got to dip in and dip out. And if they can't do that damage, they got to find a way to sustain the damage if it's gone for five seconds, then what's the point of buying this item? And then they buff several physical protection, magical protection, HP items. Most notably, the Blackthorn Hammer and Reachforge Hammer. And giving them those damage, health, and protection items. Blackthorn Hammer, Artemis, y'all. It's going to be here. It's going to be strong. I wouldn't be surprised if I didn't see it in the SPL. Maybe midway through the season if they haven't hopped on it already. And the logic was just a little bit backwards on it, y'all. I gotta admit, the logic was a little bit backwards on this. Because they were talking about how they wanted to vary the crit builds. Wanted to make crit builds more, have more variety. Buff them a little bit, you know, to, to make people play the crit builds more. And yet, and yet, you buff items that make the guardians and the warriors of this game beefier. And also, can inadvertently make some hunters and mages beefier as a result and guess what you build to cut through beefy tank lines beefy warriors beefy mages you build penetration you don't build crit you build penetration first and damage because crit only goes so far if you don't have the penetration to get through the armor and the protections that these tanks have so just to wrap this one up in a bow just to wrap it up in a bow All right, not going to take too much time else, too much longer time on this one. And this is a disclaimer as well, that just because I say it's an hour, sometimes if things are cut and dry like this, it won't last a whole hour. I'm just going to let you know, especially once I get some ad reads up in here. Some other things like that won't need to be as long, but to wrap it up in a bow, the star of the season, it's going to be slow. Tank meta, they won't like it the fans are gonna cringe, they're gonna be like, well, why can Deathwalker delete Ataraxia off the map of Cerberus, and Ataraxia can't do anything, what's with that, man, how in the world, it doesn't make any sense, why can't Jeff and Barracuda function as a duo lane, Like they used to. Yeah, they're not at the peak of their prime anymore. But they're still pretty dang good players. Why can't they function like they used to? And are getting deleted. By the tank jungler. Why are they getting deleted? By the kabrakin? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Your midlaners won't be able to function. Thoth got nerfed. Don't know if it'll be enough to keep him out the meta, But he got nerfed. Your squishier, your softer midlaners won't be able to function. And they still, didn't, they still didn't nerf Raijin, though. Still didn't touch Raijin yet. Didn't hear anything about Raijin. Still out there being the top midlaner, the top mage on the battleground right now. Still didn't touch him. Alright. And fans will be frustrated. And because of this, they will slowly, just like League of Legends did with season six, they will slowly start to peel back, peel back these changes, revert some things, tweak some other things, and get this game back to a viable state where everyone watching can see the bloodbath and have fun watching the action, because that's what Smite attracted in me and other fans, was the fact that there's a lot of blood in this game, a lot of bloodshed, the fights are spectacular, that third person view yeah, it's kind of hard to track things when you're casting it sometimes, when you're watching it, but it all looks cool when I see someone get blown up, and I see Cerberus toss somebody six feet the other way with a Stygian Torment, I see Raijin blow somebody up, alright, I see just jump out of nowhere and destroy somebody, I see a cataclysmic ult come out from the Nezha, from the Nuwa, uh, King Arthur who was just added. It's these fights! Alright? And when you take out most of your damage dealers' potential by buffing tanks, allowing tanks to roam free, which is what I think they will do, and again, I'm rarely ever wrong. When you allow tanks to roam free, it gets boring because you can't kill tanks. Alright? takes too long, so you fight tanks with more tanks. And what you do is you just hope that your tank line outlasts the other teams. And yeah, it might improve some macro strats because you got to make sure that you get to those tanks before they get too beefy to kill. In order to build your gold lead. In order to get objective and vision control. Excuse me. In order to get objective and vision control. In order to then get gold furies. Build that lead. Get, get the fire giant. Towers. What have you. Etc, etc, etc. We all know how mobiles go. In order to get that done, you got to be active early. And do it quick. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee at minute five. But once you get past minute five, games will be lasting longer because people will just be surviving. No one want to die. And things will get boring. Games will last. You thought some games lasted 60 minutes last season. They're going to last 80 minutes now because people will live forever. All right. Heaven on earth, baby. Heaven on earth. Well, that's going to do it for our hour one. All right we get back, we come back, hour two, we will have Brett Doster of the Georgia State League of Legends team, the head coach of the Georgia State League of Legends team coming in to talk with us, talking about amateur and collegiate League of Legends, amateur and collegiate esports in general, talking a little bit of Georgia State esports, what's going on inside their program, what they're looking forward to this this semester, as well as looking at the LEC Week 1 results, looking at the LCS as they get ready for their weekend and talking about how those things shook out, especially for EU, and how we think they will shake out for the LCS. Don't go anywhere. Stay here on this podcast. We'll be right back.